0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spring training is almost here, which means Cactus League action is forthcoming. And if you're planning to get out to Arizona to watch the Reds and any and all other Cactus League teams, the best way to get out there is visit Arizona.com slash Spring training. Arizona is the perfect home base for baseball fans because you've got 10 stadiums with 15 major league teams all within a 50 mile radius of Greater Phoenix. So you can get to everything. And on top of that, you've got awesome landscapes. I mean, Arizona is known for its outdoor adventures and national parks, lots of great places to explore. But when it comes to the game, I mean, spring training. Everyone is so laid back, you can meet your favorite players, get some autographs, and then enjoy some baseball in some nice, warm weather. If you're like me and you live in the tri-state area right now, you're freezing your bunions off, head out to Arizona, warm up, and watch some Reds baseball. Best way to do that. Visit Arizona.com slash spring training. Go there and book your spring training excursion today. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into your daily source for the Cincinnati Reds throughout the offseason. This is the Locked On Reds podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Gossie. What's up, Reds fans? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. Today is a Friday. That's right, DGIF Reds fans. And you know what? I want to get your weekend started off. Or, well, okay, your day before the weekend started off with a quote. This is from the man himself, the man who engineered this amazing offseason, Dick Williams. This is in an article on The Athletic written by Paul Danner Jr. And again, This is a quote from Dick Williams, straight from him. He says, I would say this. Sometimes I think the easy thing to do is set interim goals for yourself and talk about steps forward and incremental progress. We're not content with that. We are going to say World Series is our goal because now you look around the room and you see the talent is there and it's just not fair to limit yourselves. You can't reach that goal if you don't set it. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. The World Series is the goal in 2020. We're not talking about playoffs. We're not talking about a winning record. We're talking about the big shebang. We're adding another ring to the room. We're getting another trophy in the Red Hall of Fame and Museum. That is the goal for 2020. I mean, why else do you go out and you spend $166 million, if not to win it all? Welcome in to the Lockdown Reds podcast, guys. I'm so fired up by that. We're we're going to talk about, I'm going to unpack that article here in just a moment. Also, I have a poll for your weekend, a thought for your weekend, a topic that we are going to approach next week, and I want to get your take on it as well. So that's going to be later on in the show. Also, an announcement by the Reds that has me absolutely pumped and I'm going to do that. I'm going to I'm going to save it till the very end. We'll talk about that here at the very end of the show, an announcement that has me absolutely pumped. But first, let's talk about some news. Noob! Reds fell six to four to the Milwaukee Brewers on Thursday. The interesting part of that was the Reds scored all four of their runs in the third inning, one off of a solo home run by Kyle Farmer and a bunch of hits strung together by the rest of the crew. A very nice day for Luis Castillo. He pitched exactly three innings, gave up one earned run on two hits. Funny thing about that was both of those, the two hits and the earned run, happened in the first inning. He gave up back-to-back doubles, which allowed that first run. He had five strikeouts in the first inning. He's going to be great. That's part of the Twitter poll that we're going to be talking about here in a bit. Luis Castillo would be a part of that. But also looking at the rest of the pitching staff, uh, a, a couple of runs allowed in one inning by Ryan Hendricks. And then Tyler Malley came in, and Malley gave three pretty decent, good, you know, solid innings. He did give up two earned runs, and he got the loss, whatever, spring training. That that doesn't really matter that much. But he had four hits allowed, two walks, and one strikeout in those three innings. I still believe he's going to start the year in AAA. They're going to keep him along as a starter. One more interesting note for the Reds. Joey Votto, 0 for 1 on the day with two walks. On the spring, he is batting 077 with a 429 on base. This is all confusing. Why do I have to keep learning new things? So let's focus on today's topic here. Today's focus topic, it's it's like I mentioned, it's an article in the athletic. It was a question and answer sit-down chat with Dick Williams, Paul Daner, writing the article for The Athletic. And it there's tons in it. I've said this before. I've said it plenty of times. If you don't subscribe to The Athletic, you really, really should. It's well worth your time, especially as a Reds fan. As a Cincinnati sports fan as a whole, it's a dream come true. got a lot of great Cincinnati coverage with C. Trent on the Reds beat. You've got Paul Daner, who mostly works the Bengals beat, but he also helps out on the Reds beat as well. Jay Morrison on the Bengals beat. And our friend over at the Locked On Bengals podcast, Joe Goodberry, also checks in from time to time with lots of things well above my head, analyzing football. You gotta get it and FC Cincinnati coverage, UC, all that good stuff. There's so much in there to go for. But anyway, enough of the free advertising for the Athletic. Let's jump into this article. This article is awesome because you get what I feel, and I think that's been one of my favorite things about Dick Williams is that you get a unfiltered, a, a very honest. Opinion. And now, no, don't get me wrong. He really considers his words well, but he also gives you straight answers. He doesn't give you the, you know, coach speak or executive speak, since he's not a coach, he's an executive, but he doesn't give you the executive speech, the runaround. In this case, you know, he's talking about all this different stuff. I love this question. And Paul Danner has, uh, you know, he asked them, you know, based on all the spending and stuff that they've had this offseason, does this create a different kind of pressure for you? And part of his answer, he says, is I want to read you this quote. When we go through a rebuild, the pressure doesn't come off of us in the front office. There are other teams that have gone way beyond just rebuilding into tank mode, where they clearly don't care about any major league performance. They've taken payroll down to the bare bones. That's not what we did. We certainly had a period there where we were shifting investment into acquiring talent, but we felt pressure every year for individuals to get better. This is the key right here. He says, which is why the last couple of years we've spent so much time and energy reshaping the management team. Translation, they weren't happy with the development that they saw. Think about all of the prospects that we can name that they're not even really obscure former Reds, they're just obscure former prospects i mean <laughs> hell if if uh our friend ken huber over at obscure x reds you know coupled in prospects with his work he would never stop working on that project and it would probably get a little mundane because you've got so many different guys that show up on the list that oh hey he's our next guy he's our next catcher he's our next first baseman he's our next left fielder and then they just disappear They don't pan out for whatever reason, one way or the other. Whether it's you know he can't handle the pressure, you know the lights on him, he can't stay healthy, he can't see the pitch very well. I don't know. Whatever the whatever the reasoning is, the Reds have gone through quite a few of those guys, and that is why we are here. That is why the Reds had to spend one hundred and sixty-six million. I've said this over the offseason. I had a couple of different episodes where I interjected this thought. They had to do what they did because if they were going to be any kind of good they had to rebuild in a hurry and by rebuilding they had to retool they didn't have the guys in the system who were ready to contribute this year they had to go out into the free agent pool that was pretty decent this year and they had to get some guys in here that were going to make immediate impacts and they did that They didn't go out and make excuses. They didn't sign some guy who's coming off of nine different arm surgeries and say he's going to be all right, or some dude who hasn't hit above the Mendoza line in three years and say, well, he's going to turn it around. No, they signed some proven stars. I'm not going to say superstars. I mean, Nick Castellanos is probably overall, as far as ratings are concerned, he's probably the best dude that they signed, but I wouldn't call him a superstar, but he's a star. Mike Mostakis has the ability. And he is, you know, kind of a star. Good players that are going to lead this team along with Gino and Joey and the pitching staff. It's 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 the right time for them to go for it. But make no bones about it, the quote unquote rebuild that happened failed. And that is why they had to go pay for these players. But I'm glad they did. I'm I, I absolutely love what they've done this offseason. Don't get me wrong about it. I'm not complaining about that. But what Dick Williams says in this, there's another direct quote from Dick Williams that I love that fits this perfectly. You have to look in the mirror. This is him talking. You have to look in the mirror and say, things aren't working, right? This is professional sports. If it were easy, everyone would be doing it. Let's acknowledge those issues and adapt or die, right? Make changes. Do I know these changes are going to work? Do I know every guy we sign is going to work out? No, but you have to take those risks and have to push forward. Otherwise, you are just holding on to something for the sake of holding on to it. And that almost sounds as if he's been listening to Reds fans. I mean, we, that was one of the biggest issues we've had over these last couple of years before he really took the reins from Walt Jocketty. is it seems as though. They weren't really changing. They weren't really trying new things and trying to fix the organization in different ways. They just kept doing the same old stuff and hoping that different results were going to happen. Dick Williams comes in and changes things. He restructures the management, goes out and makes trades for good pitchers, signs good hitters. Now we are in a position to have a lot of fun. Here in 2020. In just a moment, I'm going to introduce that poll. We're going to talk about this. uh, It's a weekend poll, a little bit longer than most polls that I've done. But I want to introduce that to you here. Plus, that one announcement that the Reds made that has me super excited. All coming up here in just a minute. Is the moment you've all been waiting for the Lockdown Reds Twitter poll of the day? The question is simple. But the answer has many layers to it, and it's not so simple. The question that I have, and will be the Twitter poll up at Reds on Twitter for the entire weekend, who is the opening day starter for 2020? Look, here's the deal. I understand that the opening day starter is more ceremonial than it is anything else. And if we're really boiling it down, it's far more important to nail down who's going to be the starter of a one-game playoff, or who's going to be the first starter in a playoff series, or something like that. But let's talk about opening day for a minute. It's a ceremonial gig. It is the organization recognizing the importance of a pitcher, the semblance that he brings. The guy on the mound, as everyone is on their feet, welcoming in the new year of baseball, that is an important thing. And now I get it, we look a couple of years ago and Scott Feldman was the guy on the mound. I'm not, you know, whatever, that happened. I get it, That it kind of sucks remembering that. The point of the matter is, we have an amazing pitching staff this year. And you really can make cases for three guys to be the opening day starter. I, I know who I'm going to pick, but I'm going to save that for an episode here in the future when we talk about this next week. But I got this poll up, and it's it's... Obviously, an easy question. Who is the opening day starter for the Reds in 2020? You've got Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray, Trevor Bauer, or, you know, other. Which, obviously, is either going to be Anthony DiSclefani or Wade Miley. I don't expect a lot of people to be voting other, but whatever. I'm going to put it in there just to see what you guys have to say on that matter. But, Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray, Trevor Bauer are probably going to be the top three responses and what comes with that is a lot of symbolic stuff right we're not talking about who is the best statistical pitcher because that's part of it that's not all of it Luis Castillo has been the guy who's been here longer than any of the other three you know of the of the group of those three starters he's been here the longest he was the guy that was brought here in the middle of all of the failed rebuild and asked basically to be the ace, because when he was coming up, there was no one else. It was Anthony D' but I think we all kind of knew that Castillo had more talent than Di Sclafani does, but uh, he is the longest tenure pitcher. Then you've got Sonny Gray, who his story is awesome, because numbers-wise, you could make the argument, it's not, I mean, he probably even has the edge in this argument, that he had a better season last year than Luis Castillo. He's also really taken a leadership role in that pitching staff as well. Speaking of leadership roles, you've got Trevor Bauer. Now, I know the numbers don't look great. Whenever he came over to the Reds, his ERA and all that stuff, not great looking. He had some really rough starts there. I mean, you can think of that start at Washington that was absolutely just ugh, just uh, gnaws at me thinking about that game last year. But let me put it to you this way. He has become a public figure for Major League Baseball. He's a guy who has spoken out against the commissioner, and he's also kind of backtracked on that here recently because he actually had a sit-down meeting with Rob Manfred, and he said that he felt that that was a productive meeting. But he has been vocal about that. He's been vocal against the sign-stealing scandal with the Astros, mostly with the Astros. I mean, the Red Sox were also involved in sign-stealing, but he's mostly been... Vocal against the Astros in that whole matter. But also that, he's he's become a public persona with his YouTube channel. He's been on a lot of different podcasts and radio shows. A little butthurt. He hasn't come on here just yet, but hey, that's on me, not on him. Overall, he has become maybe even a lightning rod if you want to go there. But he's on this Reds pitching staff and could be the opening day starter. There's really one of three guys there that I think that could do it. So maybe, you know what, whatever. We'll we'll get rid of the fourth option. It's just going to be three options here. Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray, or Trevor Bauer. Who do you think is the opening day starter? That's going to be the poll. It's going to be up all weekend, and we'll update what happens to it on Monday. All right, one last thing, and then we'll send you off into the weekend. We're not that long away, folks, now. Less than three weeks away from opening day. And they came out with an amazing announcement yesterday. Frybox is getting s'mores. Yeah, you heard it here, right? I am so excited about this. I cannot, Man, this is going to be an awesome season. The Reds are going to be good. We've got great talent on the field. We're going for the World Series. We're not just going for the playoffs. We're going for the World Series, and I'm going to be sitting there in hog heaven eating fries covered with chocolate and marshmallow and M&Ms, and I think there was like cinnamon graham crackers that's going to be in it. Too. <sighs> that sounds amazing. Anyway, that's the big announcement. I, I that that has me so excited. I because I'm a fat kid. I really am. Anyway, that's going to be it for the Lockdown Reds podcast here on this Friday. If you have not already done so, subscribe on whatever podcasting platform you're currently listening to. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Lockdown Reds, and save the Lockdown Reds line number into your phone at five one three five four nine zero one five nine. If you have a longer response than you want to type out on Twitter to the opening day starter equation, or if you don't have a Twitter, but you want to weigh in on the opening day starter equation, hit me up on the Locked On Reds line. But anyway, that'll do it for us here today. Thanks so much for listening to the Locked On Podcast. If you missed any episodes this week, go back and check them out. Had a great interview with Kareem Elgazar, just all kind of good stuff, and, you don't want to miss any of it. And the best way to not miss it is to subscribe. But I already said all that. So whatever. This has been the Locked On Reds podcast. My name is Jeff Carr. I'll talk to you guys on Monday. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast at